Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Uh, we're sponsored by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O.com. Go get yourself some of the best athletic shoes on the planet. Use the code Maximus50 for a discount. Also, 10,000, uh, the best athletic where you can buy uh, 10,000.cc. Use the code Maximus15. We are super excited to have Susan Niebergall on the podcast today. Susan, how the hell are you? I'm fine. I'm doing great, actually. <laughs> I am. I am about ready to turn 60 and I feel like I am in probably the best place I could be pandemic aside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get right. that aside. Yeah. Uh, aside from all that crap. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. I feel great. Um, yeah, I can't complain. Can't right, so at all. Susan, you and I actually go back quite a ways yeah, and I, I couldn't even tell you how far back we go. I, I feel like it's been five years, six years. I was going to say four or five years, something yeah, like that. I mean, when somewhere we, around there. When we first got connected, absolutely. It's been, gosh, time has flown. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Jojo, I mean, how old is Jojo now? Because she was <laughs> she's, a baby. Yeah, she's, she'll be uh, five in September. That's so she's crazy. four and a half now. Yeah. Wow. And I was, I was just going to say that. I was like, yeah, you were there. Like when my, when my daughter was born. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but we met through uh, Jordan Syatt. We were both mm -hmm. in his inner circle. So I was mm -hmm. working with him as an online client and, and he was like, Hey, get into the inner circle. Uh, you're a coach. Like you, you know, you can lend your, your voice to the, to the people that are there. Uh, and you were one of the people that were in there as well. Mm -hmm. It was a small group that started and there was a, and I try to remember everybody. It was me and you, mm -hmm. uh, Amy uh, mm -hmm. Vanderpeet was, she was kind of the one that pulled us all together. Mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. And then uh, Franco Guzman out of uh -huh. Nicaragua and uh -huh. uh, Dio out of Dio. Dallas. Yeah. And yeah. I'm still, I'm so close with Franco and Dio. And I only occasionally see Amy online. Yeah. Uh, she's been super busy, but you and I have, have kind of been able to keep in touch at least a little bit. Um, but you've been crazy busy. Now, before I ask you what you've been doing since all of then, mm -hmm. I'm curious more about like your journey and how you got to that point. So yeah. how did you get into fitness and then what led you to joining the inner circle? You know, it's so funny. I'm writing a book right now about this very thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the timing of this is actually quite good. Um, I, I started back in the late 80s, early 90s with, you know, group fitness classes, aerobics classes, that kind of thing. That's where I first discovered a gym and the community kept bringing me back. So a lot, lot of great community feels there. Did all kinds of high impact, whatever, blah, 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 whatever the fad was back then. Um, and, and then started looking over at the, the free weight section thinking, oh yeah, I'm a little curious about that. And then I just started working with trainers throughout the, the next 30 years, I guess, on and off. And what, what was interesting is I, I developed strength. I learned a lot, um, became a gym rat, um, but I never had the nutrition piece ever in place. There was not one single trainer out of maybe the dozen that I worked with that ever really had any nutrition guidance at all, ever, throughout the course from the early 90s all, or mid 90s up until maybe the early 2000s, um, except for one. He touched on it ever so briefly. So I was the consummate yo-yo dieter. Like I lost a shit ton of weight in, with Jenny Craig back when mm -hmm. they first came on the scene. Pretty easy. They tell you what to eat. You eat it. You lose weight. Boom, you're done. But you can't live like that because you have no idea what you ate. You know, it's the whole thing. So I would gain and lose a fraction of that 50 over and over and over and over and over again. And, um, couple time, couple trainers later on down, like 30 years later, really started making a difference with me. Started, I, I really 
started wanting to improve once and for all menopause hit. And then I'm like, Oh, that's the reason why I can't lose weight. That's the reason why it all is. And so I went to the doctor, got tested. No, Susan, your blood work is just fine. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that goes my so, excuse, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That was exactly what happened. It, my excuse ran out the door. Um, and so shortly after that time, um, I, I uh, talked to Jordan about coaching me. I thought I'd wanted to do a powerlifting meet at the time. And so he was the one person people recommended to me. So I reached out, started coaching with him. Um, I didn't really do nutrition coaching with him, but I started reading everything he wrote and, and all his videos and all that kind of stuff and put into practice a lot of stuff. And in the inner circle, you know, monthly nutrition guidelines, I would put those into practice. And that's my connection to him is when it all started to change, you know, and I was what, 54 at that time, maybe 55. I mean, I was well into my fifties at that point, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so he and I are coaching the inner circle together. Now we are, we are partners in that. Um, and it's grown, you know, exponentially, I guess, over the years. Um, and that's my, really my full-time gig yeah, right yeah. now, um, is, is the inner circle. And, and what was your career previously? Before I was an educator. I was yeah. a school teacher. Yeah. I was a school teacher, uh, taught music and I was a school counselor for 33 years. And retired about five years ago when I was starting, when I was with you all, you guys, starting to get into the online thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I had just retired at that point from, from the and school I, system. And, and I remember from back then, most of the people that you were training as a trainer were educators. It was yes, like they, that, that was that's how my how business you cut your teeth. Yeah. It's so funny that, that you remember that. That's exactly where the business started. In-person, small group training at the school I retired from. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then it just grew from there. I had, and then, then I had to stop in person altogether because I just didn't have the time. Um, and then my online presence grew and my online um, coaching really grew. And then Jordan brought me on as a coach in the inner circle. And I just decided that's where I wanted to focus everything. So currently, I mean, I still have a very, very, very small group of online one-on-ones, but mostly I'm full-time in the inner circle now. Um, so yeah. things kind of shifted just a little bit. And that was, that was actually right about the time that I had stepped away from the inner circle. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he had pretty much announced like, Hey, I'm, I'm bringing Susan on as like a full-time person. And I was like, perfect. My job here is done. Like I've yeah. got other things I need to focus on. Susan, you've got this. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm racking my brain. Cause, uh, one of the things that, that like I mentioned, that group of trainers that we, we, we kind of hit it off with right in the beginning, mm -hmm. we were all very focused on trying to build our online thing. We were trying to, to, to grow our brand, to grow our online training. Uh, the, the, the reason you were probably first put in touch with Jordan is as far as like powerlifting coaches, he also had a great online presence. Cause that's how I came across him as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so we were all in there, like, what can we learn from this guy? What can we learn from each other? Uh, but your following at that point was not huge. No, I mean, I'm nothing. trying to, I, I'm trying to remember if you had 3000 followers when no. you started. I, you know, it's so interesting because I'm also assistant coach in his online fitness business mentorship. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, I'm in there as well. And, um, I just posted in that group maybe last week. I, I tend to take snapshots on my phone when my Instagram just kind of grows at certain, at, at certain spots. I take a screenshot of that and mm -hmm. I had a screenshot of 375 yeah. and I, I took that and I posted it in the group and I said, cause most of these people in the group are just starting out. And I said, this is where I was. I mean, mm -hmm. this is where I was and this is where I am. You know, I'm at 101 K now. This is yeah. what happens when you put in time and consistent effort and blah, 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 you know, that whole thing. Um, 
but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I didn't have anything. And I remember when we, when our little group would kind of get together, I was, I cannot tell you how intimidated I was at the beginning (laughs) because I am, I was the older one. I was the one that didn't know technology. I was the one that was probably newest to the game, um, from the online perspective. Um, yeah. And I just didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. Yeah, and, and, and I felt being in that group, I was still really trying to find my own online voice, yeah. you know, uh, and at that point, Bobby and I were, were pretty tight. And so he was coaching me a lot on the side. So I was bringing a lot of like his input in and like trying to bounce it off of you guys and see where we're at. Uh, but I, I look at my following right now. I mean, I'm at almost 4,000, right? You went to 101K. And so part of the reason I want you on the show is because I want to know what's the secret. Did you, did you like, find somebody who works for Instagram and like threaten them. Did you like, like what, what kinds of things helped you to grow? Because I know Jordan has an immense following. Um, I think a lot of his following, uh, I, I think it's well-deserved, but I do think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was working with Gary V and Gary V is just like a social media genius. Mm-hmm. So how much of that bled down to you and what, what tactics would you recommend for somebody who's just really trying to grow their presence and, and become a voice? You know, I think, um, the one thing that really ultimately worked for me and tends to work for most people is consistency of quality content, um, content that will help somebody, not a picture of your ass, not a picture of, you know, what content that's going to help somebody solve a problem. And I remember early on somebody at at one of these fitness summits or something told me, you know, Susan, you're not going to find your little niche on Instagram because they were thinking the middle-aged women, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, you're better off going over to Facebook or to um, even uh, Pinterest or something like that. And I didn't know how to do Pinterest. Um, but it's, I mean, logically, I could kind of understand that, but that's not what's been there at all. I mean, the middle-aged people are all over Instagram because that's where all my business has come from. Every single yeah. person has come off of Instagram. And um, I, I feel like I just went... I just posted twice a day, every day for a long time. (laughs) And that some, I started out getting 10 people to like things. Mm -hmm. And then that started to grow and grow. It was just consistent effort. You know, Jordan started that whole infographic phase kind of thing. That for a while there, that was a big, that was a big thing. Instagram favored those, you know, whatever yeah. favored means, you know, um, they, they, that brought in a lot of followers. It's interesting you bring that up because I don't see as much of that now. Right. And you know? it, it, they're not doing as well anymore. Yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, if there's one thing I hate is when somebody starts taught, when they say the word algorithm, I just go like this because <laughs> I hate it. I don't know what it is. I think it's bullshit. I just, I don't even have time to think about it. So I don't. So I just keep going. So I find, okay, I'm not getting as much, you know, use out of the infographics right now. Let me try videos. So Mm -hmm. videos worked really, really well for a while. And then I got on Twitter and now I'm doing tweet posts. Those went really well for a while. And now it's kind of back to videos. And so I, I just play around with it. I'm really not into keeping track of statistics and, and what, that, yeah, I, that was going to be my next question is if, if you actually like check, you know, what I are your could, top performing posts or if you're just kind of going by gut, I didn't even know how to find that until <laughs> recently. So, um, someone showed me and I'm like, Oh, okay. Jordan may have asked me what, what's your top performing post. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've learned, I've learned a lot. I've actually sponsored a couple. I've promoted a couple posts 
just to see mm-hmm. what happens. Um, and, you know, what I find that really works just overall is consistent posting for years. <clears throat> That's what will do it. You know, yeah. um, I think there's some people that will get thousands and thousands of people following them very, very quickly for very unusual reasons. Um, but for the most part, it's consistent posting of quality content that help people. And then, you know, be on top of engaging with people, respond to comments, you know, just respond to messages, all that kind of stuff and, and utilize the app. They, li- they have different features, of course. Mm-hmm. So you want to try to utilize some of that. But other than that, that's it. I mean, I'm not scientific at all. <laughs> No, that's all right, though. I mean, that's yeah. all right. You know, and, and I'm just like, I've got my phone open here and I just flip through and I'm just looking at like some of the posts. And I mean, they'll range from 7,000 views to 1,000 views to six that like they jump all over the place. But yeah. the, I, there is like I, almost a pattern of like different kinds of posts, different kinds of information. Yes. But so, it's every every post I, I've ever seen you post has something to do with addressing a problem that somebody has. Yeah. So my That's next what, question is yeah. how, how do you decide what to post? Do you just sit down and say, okay, I need to think of 10 problems that I have to solve. Or is it stuff that comes up organically in conversation with people you're working with? It's mostly organically through, through um, people reaching out to me. The questions I get all mm-hmm. the time is basically, I just turn that into a post. And a lot of times I'm posting the sa- Well, we all do this. I, we post the same stuff. A lot of times we just, phrase it differently or make it look differently or something, but the message is kind of the same yeah. from a different angle, you know? Um, so you can repurpose stuff all the time. I do that all the time. And it's interesting because what's working really well for me right now are these short one minute videos. This is the wrong way to do something. This is the right way to do something. The big red X, the big green check with me voicing over stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I've gotten more messages from those more. Can you do one on this exercise? Um, so right now, like for now, those are doing really well. Some Twitter posts do really well. You know, I don't know. I just keep, I just keep doing, sorry about the phone. It'll <laughs> die in a minute. <laughs> it's like, we, it, it rings once a day and I haven't, we've never answered it. So <laughs> I don't know why we have it. <laughs> so wait, where are you sitting right now? Is this I'm sitting office? downstairs and I, I want to call this a, a, a little studio. It has, I have a squat rack right there. That's what I was, that's what yeah. I was getting at. You said bar, a squat bar, rack in your, in your work office. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't intended to be my work office, but because now, now my kid's home all the time. Um, Tim's home all the time. I need a place to get away. Cause I used to have mm-hmm. the house to myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so down here is good. I mean, all my stuff's here. I've been able to work out. I've been able to keep that going mm-hmm. without having to drop a beat. That's been good. Yeah. So, so what, how has the, the, the lockdown affected you? Cause a lot of what you do is online. Um, what, yeah. what's changed? What hasn't changed? You know, what hasn't changed is I'm still working from home. Um, that that's not new. What is new for me, like I said, my, my kid just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. He's now, he was, he's been home since March. I think they shut it down in March. Um, my husband's a teacher was supposed to retire in June. Well, is retiring in June. He's home 24 seven. Um, that's the big difference. Not having time or, mm-hmm. or a space. I used to be in the kitchen. That used to be my place. Not anymore. Um, there's just people in and out and, yeah. you know, I mean, it's the kitchen for God's sake. So of course they're going to be in and mm-hmm. out. Um, so I just moved down here. So that's been different. Um, for me, I've struggled though, during this whole quarantine, just um, I'm tired of walking my neighborhood. You know, everyone says, get outside. I'm tired of my neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sick yeah. of it. I want to walk somewhere else. <laughs> um, 
I, I think I've just struggled with it being unsettled. I heard one doctor describe this perfectly of how he felt. And I feel the same way. I am stuck between sadness and irritability regarding this quarantine. You know, gyms could open tomorrow. I would be dying to go back to my gym, but there's a part of me that's like, it, that feels uncomfortable too. Not because yeah. I'm scared of getting sick. That's not it. It's just that that's not in my routine anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be though. I want it. I yeah. want to go. Well, back. I, I actually feel like as gyms open up, like people aren't just going to come flocking back. Like they mm-hmm. want, Oh, thank God the gym's open. A lot of the folks that I've talked to are saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to wait a while. You know, I'm going to wait a while and I'm going to kind of wait and see. And then maybe in the fall, if things kind of feel normal, I'll start getting back into it. But I, that's also part of the problem that people have is that they, they treat the gym like something that can be just put off till later. They don't yeah, treat it yeah. as like this is a necessary thing that I need in my day. So the fact that you have a squat rack hanging there and I can see some like TRX bands and a barbell, it's like, yeah, I mean, fitness is clearly something that's very, very important to you. I've not missed a workout yet. You know, yeah. Jordan still does my programming and um, I work out four days a week. And I've also actually, one thing, when this thing first hit, I decided to give myself some physical <laughs> challenges every day, something that I had to do non-negotiable every single day while we're in quarantine. And I've chosen three things. I'm doing 300 band pull-aparts every single day. I am doing chin-ups every single day. And I am doing um, dragonflies or dragonflags, whatever people want to call it, every single day. And dragonflies, just to get better at them, band pull-aparts to keep my shoulders healthy because I have a history of shoulder issues. And chin-ups, because after I gained five pounds from that bulk, I am... chin-ups were harder, (laughs) you know, I mean, I'm five pounds heavier. I didn't even think of that. And I tried chin, I have a chin-up bar right out here and I tried chin-ups and it's kind of like, they felt like lead. So I'm like, you know what? I want to get stronger at my new weight with chin-ups. So when we first started this quarantine, every single day, I did six chin-ups every single day for two weeks. Then the next week it was seven. Mm. The next week it was eight. And I went up to 12. I've never done 12 chin-ups in my life. You know? <laughs> and I did it for seven days in a row. And now I'm waiting them. So I'm dialing the, the reps down to five, four or okay. five. And I now have 10 pounds on my back. And my goal is to get so, to 45. That's a goal. So is this, does this give you the green light to add another five pounds then? I, I'm doing it per week. <laughs> I'm doing it. At, oh, and wait. Oh, I mean, in, in weight? body weight. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, the oh, man, pa- eat up. I can do the, chin ups. The five I pounds I gained, you know, it wasn't like seeing the number go up. You know, I, I have put on some body fat with that. And at first that was really tough. That was uncomfortable to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started putting side by side pictures of me of before I did it. And then after, and I wasn't great at keeping up with photos and I should have, um, because the, the results have been pretty decent, really, for someone my age to build that kind of muscle in six months. Well, and this, this was the first time you ever did like an honest to God mass gain, right? Right. And I, I think that's super cool. Uh, and, because and, that, Yeah, yeah. I, just a lot about your story is like, it's never too late to get going. You know what I mean? Like you're 60 years old, you know, never tried to gain weight and you're pounding <laughs> out chin ups and doing mass gain and like treating yourself like an athlete, not not like, like I said before, the gym isn't just some luxury that you have access yeah. to. It's a key component into who you are. So I think that's, that's it, phenomenal. That's exactly what it is. It's a key component to who I am and what I love to do. Yeah. And I have vowed that, especially as I've been approaching this milestone in my life, I am that, yeah, I'm, I want to do this for as long as I can. Um, and I want to be smart about it. So I am smart about it. Um, you know, it, it, the age is not, is just a number is 
a little cliche. It's true. However, mm-hmm. there are things that come along with this age. You know, I take longer to recover than maybe someone, you know, I do. And I have to work that in. I need to make sure that if my shoulders or whatever starting to feel something, I don't do, let them go. Just let it rest. Don't try to push, push, push. Yeah. I've given up on some, on trying to keep up with people on some things. I've, I've like, you know, deadlifts weren't fun anymore. So I decided, you know what? I, I don't want to end my lifting like that. I die. I literally scaled the weight back to 135 or something and just went from the ground floor again because mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be miserable anymore, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. now I'm slowly working that. I haven't been able to bench press in years because of my shoulders. My shoulders are so much better. I'm working that back now. So I'm excited about that one. I think that's going to be my next like focus. Yeah. I like, I like that too, because, uh, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I had a massive deadlift, you know, when I was working yeah. with Jordan, you, you know, always did. Yeah. But I mean, like I, I, I had to beat Bobby. That was my whole thing. We, we sort of had a thing going on. So Jordan was like my, my secret. That's why I hired him. I, in <laughs> fact, when, when he asked me, what's your goal? I said, I have to beat Bobby Maximus in a deadlift contest. And he was like, all right, let's do this. It was right up his alley. Susan, I I want you to know this is an unfair contest. I'm I'm six foot nine. So the leverages the leverages for me are different than for Joe. He's he's a midget. His his center of gravity. My my diminutive six foot two hundred and twenty pound frame. Susan, I I actually have a question for you as an educator. Um I actually used to work as an educator too. I taught grade four in kindergarten and I taught grade eight in rich for a bit. Wow. And I always found it was so exhausting at the end of the day, giving yeah. your best to the kids. Um, I, I find the same thing, and there's parallels with personal training people. I give so much of myself to other people throughout the day. There's some days I have a hard time getting motivated. Is that something you struggle with on a day-to-day basis, or are you able to compartmentalize your own training? Uh, my training is my priority over okay. anybody, over anything. And, and especially... I feel like at my age, if it's not, I'm going to be screwed at some point sooner than I want to be. Um, it's my priority. So I will not, I will schedule things around my own training. I have my own training in my calendar. So I don't put calls on it because I'm on the phone all the time now. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I never have a problem with being motivated with that. I've not had a problem with that. Yeah. I, let me reword that actually. Do you ever feel flat? Because yeah. I'm a, I shouldn't say motivation is a problem for me. I show up every damn day and do my thing. Sure. I'm talking about from an energy level, because you've given your best to other people. Do you have days where you go in the gym and you're just like, you're going through it, but it's just hard to rev your own engine when you gave all your gas to someone else. When I was working in the schools, that happened way more frequently than, <laughs> than, than when I'm in the online space. And I think because I can control because so much of it is distance and, you know, I'm in my house. I can control a lot of that. But when you're in school and you're in front of a class and th- that pacing, there's really no downtime from the, the second you walk in that door to the second you leave that door. And then for a lot of the, well, the last 10 of those years, I was going to a gym and training people twice a day, twice a week. Um, on top of that, Um, So there were many times during that phase where I was exhausted and my training was not great. My nutrition was not great during those times, especially during those times. Um, So I can totally relate to that. Now, not so much. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can pace myself a little bit better, but I will say this during quarantine, I've had more, you know, um, I don't want to use the word motivation, but for lack of that, another word, I have felt the least, I have felt unmotivated more than I have in probably the last five years combined during this last couple months of this stuff. What, what, what do you attribute that to? Do you think that's a, just a break in the routine that you developed? Yeah, I think it is just, it's unsettling to me what was happening and what is happening still. Um, no, there's no clear end. You know, our, knowing what we used to think is normal, I mean, we're not going to walk out the door and that's going to be normal again. That freaks the shit out of me hmm. because I, I feel like... With, with me being 60, the clock is ticking for me. I don't feel like wasting another two months of my life having to be quarantined in my house anymore. Right. You know, time, time is of the essence. I mean, I plan to be around here for a lot longer than probably people want. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, I always brag about 100, but that's a goal. And, you know, I'm sorry, I need to get moving here. You know, I want to get back to a normal sense of life where, you know, people aren't on top of each other. We can go someplace. We can have our freedoms back or whatever, you know, things are closed. We want to live our life again. And I, and I think that's what it has been for me. Hmm. It's just unsettling to me. So here's a, here's an interesting question. Just knowing your, your fitness journey, if 60 year old Susan could travel back in time and find 40 year old Susan, what would you say to her? (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. She, I would tell her, dude, you have to do more than eat clean. (laughs) that's not, that's, it's not all about just eating clean and you don't have to be perfect either. Cause I thought both of those, you know, and, and, um, the whole eating clean thing drives me batshit crazy because, um, it was, was, I just, I did that all the time. I didn't think I had to keep track of anything because it was all healthy, Mm. you know? Um, and I'm piling in handfuls of almonds, extra four or 500 calories a day, wondering why am I not losing the weight? <laughs> and then I would overly restrict and then I'd lose some weight, but I couldn't keep that up either. And so old habits would come back and the almonds would come back mm-hmm. and I'd pick off my kid's plate when he was little, you know, all those things that add up over time and you don't think about it. I would tell my 40 year old self, you know, wake up and start, start thinking about that then, you know, and yeah. then, and then get get around uh, a coach. I would have, I should have gotten a coach earlier. I wish I'd gotten a coach earlier. Um, I had trainers in the gym and some of them were really good. Um, but there was never anything. I look back on it now. I was just given workouts, you know, just, what do you want to do today? Mm -hmm. I want you, you're the coach. I want you to kind of, you know, I didn't know. I, I, so I would tell myself, no, you find yourself a coach who's going to walk you through, how to get from point A to point B and hold you yeah. accountable for it. Yeah. Not know? just, yeah. Not just give you a workout for that day, but a workout that yeah. fits a plan that you've developed. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think too, like even, even going back that far, it's, it's not like coaches were easy to come by now. Nowadays, it's like, if you want to find a decent coach, like you can go on Instagram, you can go on, on Google and just type in, you know, gyms in my area and you can find a hundred, you know, I live in, in Minneapolis and we've got more gyms per capita than anywhere in the country. Oh, wow. Like if you, you want to work out, like you can find somebody, you know, and, and you can, you can vet their resumes and say, well, this guy really, you know, he's worked with professional athletes. He must know what he's talking about. Or this person has no certifications, like, but they're cheap. Yeah. Um, back then it was like, well, I guess I should go find a gym somewhere. 
And then what do you guys have for resources? And they're like, we have a trainer. And it's yeah. like, what are his qualifications? He trains people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's certified through ACE. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I feel like we, we can be way more choosy nowadays. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and the that, online thing, and I think that touches on our current predicament with, with COVID too, because, you know, I, I hired Jordan as an online coach. You hired him as an online coach. Like the online thing can work. I mean, it worked really well for me, yeah. you know, and obviously it's done well for you. You've made an entire career out of it. So my, my view on the whole quarantine thing, I'm actually super excited. I'm not, I'm not scared of the change in the world. I actually think this is our opportunity to build something better. So build something better. You know, you know and, and I was super nervous about doing like live workouts and, and yeah. doing uh, the, the Zoom training, which has become like all the rage right now. Mm-hmm. But it actually, it's really fun. And I mean, for what it is, it's actually very effective. You know, I and people agree. realize they can get a hell of a good workout just with stuff they got sitting around their house. They don't need a special piece of equipment. They don't need a special place. Mm-hmm. They can get this stuff done. And, and I think if, if people would realize that, then why would you go back to the global gym? Why would you go back to fighting for equipment or being intimidated by people? It's like for a couple hundred bucks, you can get a squat rack and a barbell in your office. And now your excuses are gone. And yeah. there you go. Yeah, we've been doing live stream workouts twice a week in the inner circle now too, just as an additional whatever. Um, And our monthly programming, we usually have the workout of the month. We still have a gym-based workout that we write. And then um, we are also including an at-home workout as well for people that don't have access. So now there's two full workouts, um, progressive workouts that are both tough. And we've gotten more comments on the at-home workout and how hard Mm -hmm. that is (laughs) than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it, interesting. Um, just so our, our listeners don't get confused because we have our own inner circle. The Maximus podcast has an ah, inner circle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Jordan science had his for, for ages now. Um, yeah. and in fact, his actually kind of inspired the idea to do it for us as well. So our, our little group, um, we've got our, our app. Um, it's the Maximus podcast app. Uh, and we've been doing through their live zoom workouts four days a week. So oh, every that's day, great. every day at four o'clock, it's, it's usually just me and a handful of other people from the group and we hop on and I'm out in my garage and, and, you know, our, our buddy Blake is in Australia and we've got Stu, he's in, in England and we're all on at the same time and we're all kind of just doing the same workout and it's been super cool. And if, if everybody was like, well, you know, back to normal and then to miss that would, that would actually like, it would suck. Yeah. You know, it would be really hard to be like, Oh, where's my workout? But <laughs> But yeah. we're, we're not stuck with just who shows up at a gym. So I think it's an exciting time to, to take an opportunity to rethink what we're trying to do as professionals, as trainers, and the kinds of communities that we want to build because we're not bound by geography the way that we were three months mm-hmm. ago. You know? Well, you know, it's interesting because I've always hated to work out at home. I've never worked out here before um, until now, until I have to. And I don't hate it like I thought I would. I mean, I, and I'm just getting used to it. But the thing I love too, is that if my schedule is crazy, I can do part of my workout and I come back to it. Yeah, You know, yeah. I can't do it when I have to go to the gym, I have to get it all done and do it. You know, so this has been a huge advantage and I'm lucky that I have enough weight that works out mm-hmm. that works for me. My son is now working out like crazy. He's lost like 60 pounds. It's insane what he's done. So he's working out here. We've got enough weight for him. So, I mean, it's, it's great. And I think what I'll probably find myself doing is days where my schedule's crazy, I'll probably still just work out here. Yeah. And then the other days I'll go to the gym because I want to see the, the 
crew, my midday crew, mm-hmm. the usual crew that's always there. I have no idea what their names are, but we just, we always talk or spot or do whatever. And uh, yeah, I want to see all that. I want to be back in that environment, but I'll bet you, I will do some workouts here. still. I almost, yeah. can I, I mean, I, I built out my garage gym, you know what I mean? Oh, I built wow. a platform and I, and I bought a rack you know, I've got a couple barbells and a few hundred pounds in weights. And it's like, I got everything I need right there. Yeah. And, and yeah. for minimal investment, if I'm looking at, at a, a gym membership, that's, you know, two or 300 bucks a month. Uh, like, man, I'd rather just buy some equipment and just keep it out there because, because of that, because yeah. like, I've got two little kids and okay, uh, I can send them off to do an activity. And guess what? I got an hour. I'm going to go crush some weights and do something Yeah. Or like this. I'm sitting down to do a podcast and immediately afterwards, like, I'll go out in the gym and hop on my, my fan bike and just do some work for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, travel to a gym, go to a locker, get the whole workout done, then shower and then come home. Like it it turns it into a whole production. I I don't even have to shower after my workout today if I don't want to. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said, I I could do half a workout and then Bobby calls and then I sit and chat with him for an hour and then I go back to the workout. (laughs) I do I do want to add that it is safer for you working at home because the last time you brought your kids to the gym, you almost <laughs> got a beat down at the hands of the silver fox. This is true. Uh-oh. This is true. Uh-oh. <laughs> we did a whole podcast on this one, Susan. I'll just refer you to the episode okay. and I wash my hands of this part of the conversation. <laughs> oh, I have to listen to this one. <laughs> Susan, I'll, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Joe brought his kids to the gym. Uh, a, 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 a 60 year old gym member that was feeling himself was a little angry, uh, threatened to put a beat down on Joe. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a thing. He didn't, he didn't mean to, he didn't mean to, but the way he came across was all wrong. It just <laughs> yeah. set off some alarms. I mean, I was a prison guard. There's only so much I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Susan, I have, I have a question about your training cause it's something I struggle with. Um, I'm sitting here trying to eat two full pizzas. I'm deadlifting more weight than I should be deadlifting tonight. I'm I'm pushing myself into the performance direction. And performance and health are not always synonymous. If you're going to perform, it's going to take its toll on, 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 on your health. How do you find balance in that regard? Or do you care? Are you willing to sacrifice one uh, for the sake of the other. I can't sacrifice health. I, I can't. Um, at, at, at my age, I could screw it up in two seconds and I'm done, right. you know? Um, and it just means too much to me at this point. So, you know, if I, and you know, I've been nicked up. I have, I had a shoulder scope here years ago. I was scheduled for rotator surgery on this yeah. one um, and ended up canceling it just because I felt like I could do too much. And then between Jordan and my movement doc, who I still see, they we've rebuilt both shoulders. So I am very aware of being injured. I had a hip thing. Um, I want to keep doing this. So my priority is to be smart. Um, that's why deadlifts are feeling crazy. I was feeling them in my back. I never feel them in my back. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just, ego is gone. I'm going to strip back the weight. And now I want it to be fun again because I really... And, and this is weird, but I really look at life as too short for me right now. I, you know, I don't have <laughs> yeah. 70, 80 more years, you know, or whatever. I really want to make the most out of everything I've got. So I don't sacrifice my health for any of this, you know, um, at all. Um, well, you, you, you mentioned earlier, like if you start to feel a little tweak, if you start to feel a little ache, like you've got to address that right away. And one of the I, things yeah. that, that Bobby and I have always talked about is like, if you're going to do the work, you have, you got to pay the piper. 
You know, if you're going to take money out of your fitness account, you have to put money back in. Yeah. And so the, I, I've always advocated, you know, taking a, a contrast showers, hot water, cold water, doing ice baths, uh, you know, foam rolling yoga, whatever kinds of things you have to do. And I've realized now in my ripe old age of 40, that if I neglect my low back after like a heavy deadlift or squat day, I can barely get out of bed that next morning. Yeah. But if I do some cat cows in between sets, good to go. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you do to help put money back into that account and, and balance that out? Well, every day I'm doing the band pull aparts for, for shoulder health. I do seated wall slides a lot, almost every day, not quite every day. I'm really, I do. And I do those as warm ups on lower, lower body days too, just because so that's, they, that's just both, check the box. That's me. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that is total maintenance. And that has helped keep things in check for me. Those two things. I do a lot of shoulder cars as well. Um, and my, so with the back thing is kind of new. Um, my movement doc actually, he, you know, those weight, do y'all have those weighted clubs? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 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 Well, he made one instead of buying one, he made one with a pipe and, and weight and whatever. And so my husband just made me one mm. and, and I'm doing a lot of these rotations for my core, my back on those. I'm doing like a lot of half kneeling over my shoulders. Um, I'm doing a lot of that right now. You know, there, there's is, an added benefit to that, which you probably haven't considered, but should this COVID thing turn South and turn into, into the T virus and the zombies rise all that work with the club, yeah, that is going to be ready. really handy. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, it was like a trip to Home Depot and put the stuff together, and I, you know, it's just fun. It's fun to do. So I'm doing that regularly. Before before quarantine, I was taking boxing lessons. Nice. Um, I I was going to a boxing gym, not taking a class. I didn't want to do the classes. They're just slamming a bag and doing push ups. And yeah, stuff. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to learn how to do it, and I wanted to go from the ground floor. Like I knew nothing, and I'm a klutz. So. They had their hands full with me. Um, <laughs> they, they really did. Um, and I was making slow progress. Like we worked on footwork almost exclusively, which he thought this poor kid thought I was going to get bored with. And I said, you don't understand. I want to learn this. Yeah. A 60 year old woman does not walk into this gym if she don't want to learn this shit, you know? So yeah. Um, I could do footwork all day and I was making some progress until that kind of, I mean, they shut down for now anyway. So I'm trying to do a little bit of that on my own. I've been jumping rope now more trying to working on coordination as much as I can. Cause I feel like that's something that I need to keep on the radar. Um, as I so that, there's a couple of phrases that you've repeated a few times. I, it'd be interesting for me to go back and actually like tally them in the recording. But like fun is really important and learning is really important to you. Yeah. So yeah. as long as you've been in fitness, like you're, you're never afraid to just step back and say, I need to learn something new. Like you, you didn't know clubs and now you're learning cl clubs and there's a benefit to it. Like it's helping to address a, an issue that you have. Yeah. So I think that's pretty inspiring too, because I, I mean, as I look at, at my future in the industry and as, as an athlete, and as a trainer, I mean, that's kind of where I want to get to. I want to get to the point where it's like, when I go to the gym, I, I, what, what's fun today? You know, what do I want to work on today that's going to be fun and going to be engaging and, and do it with a smile on my face? Seeing, seeing pictures of people out jogging and they, their faces contorted it's, and in pain. It's like, it's like, why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah, like, yeah. It can't yeah. be healthy. I looked at my, I just got a new program from Jordan and I, it's like Christmas to me because he's, <laughs> he started, he's starting to give me stuff like as a finisher, you know, a hundred walking lunges per leg. I love that. I mm -hmm. love that. And, you know, I, I'm now starting to wait those, you know, that's a goal. All right. I want to start waiting those. Let me see how, what I can do with a hundred walking lunges a leg. And then it went to 150 lunges a leg. You know, I just love 
that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I love to learn. I love to try. Um, you know, it's scary that boxing scared the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, you know, you don't want to look like a fool and I did look like a fool for a while, but it's okay. You know, I, I now know how to wrap the wrist. I know, you know, I've got gloves. Um, well, I'm cool. sure Bobby, you could probably relate to this, but I've always called the white belt uniform in Taekwondo, the, the greatest equalizer. Because even the best athletes, you know, guys that are high level division one football players would come into our Taekwondo school. And as soon as they put that white belt uniform on, it was like they were clowns. <laughs> they just, there was yeah. no grace. There was no skill. Yep. It's like a completely new thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, I remember my boxing coach was telling me something about push-ups, and I'm like, I can do like a million pushups. You really want me? And, and he, when he, for, when he started to see me work, he's like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you now. Yeah. yeah. It's the foot thing. I'll trip over my feet, but I can do, you know, a million pushups. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, boxing is about the feet. You know what I mean? There's a, oh. there's a great line uh, from what was a million dollar baby where he's talking about it. And he's like, you know, if you want to hit with your right hand, you actually have to push with your left foot. You know, if you want to move forward, you actually have to push backwards. It's like everything is, is different than what you think. And it's so really, counterintuitive. It is. It is. But when you make all those connections, like it's, it's incredible. So I, I think that's a very worthy pursuit. And in fact, I've seen in recent years, like boxing kind of making a comeback just as yeah. a, as a martial art, as like people just want to go in and learn how to hit mitts and, and move around and, and do it for real. Not just, not just like you're, like you said before, not your, your kickboxing booty camps. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? No. But like the real deal, which is, which is awesome. I yeah. hope you never need to use it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> me, me too. God help me. <laughs> uh, so, Susan, what's next for you? What's uh, what's on your radar? What are you planning? What are you plotting? Um, what, what, what? Let me rephrase that. What can I get in on? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's it's growing the inner circle. Um, Jordan and I started hosting a, re a retreat for the inner circle. We had one last summer. Huge success. We had another one scheduled for this summer, which we had to subsequently cancel because of all the, the hoo-ha. Um, but we're going to be in Austin 2021 at on it for that. Um, nice. So we're excited about that. So we have a mission just to kind of keep growing the inner circle. And, and then, you know, like every year we come up with something new. Last year, we, we created a downloadable manual for every single, um, that's twice in the day. That's crazy. Um, a downloadable manual to go in our monthly edition every single month this year this year it's a video course every single month we're doing a video course so fun things like that um just keep my ultimate goal is to just continue to get the growth the outreach to people to let middle-aged people men and women know you know it's not too late you can do this but you have to be willing to put in some work and be consistent and all that kind of stuff that message that's what I'm, I'm working on, just getting that out. And, and I will say this, I am fortunate there's not a lot of great things about being this age, but one is that I did retire from the school system. So I've had a career. Yeah. I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to worry about making a living. This is not, I could give a crap about money. It's not about money for me. <laughs> so, and I think that makes, that takes the burden of a lot of stuff off my shoulders, marketing. I don't care about that, whatever. Well, uh, one thing I'll give you is you've never come across as salesy. Well, I've never, never had that. Vibe. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, just, just buy my six week program and you yeah. can have the secrets to my success. It's like, I've never sold anything ever yeah. except for coaching. Uh, now I'm assuming people will buy the book at some point, you know, I'll have, and I think I'm going to have to pitch a little for that. And, but it'll be a very timid one. It's like, read it if you want. Um, 
Um, well, but but I, I think that the, the interesting thing about that, it, it is the story. It's, it's yeah. that you're, you're yeah. a real person. You're yeah. a relatable person. I mean, you're a wonderful person. So I've been friends for a long time. Um, and, and it's something like I'd, I'd be interested in reading and I can, I can already know a lot of the story, you know what I mean? But to yeah. see it on the yeah. page, internalize it, I think it has value to people. And that's, if I could say there was one thing that you do to this industry, it's like you add real value, especially to a group of people that are devalued. You know, like, oh, you're 50 years old. You're done. It's all once you turn 40, it's all downhill, right? It's not even worth training anymore is the mentality. And that just ain't true. That ain't true yeah, at all. It, no. And I get a lot of messages, you know, from people that I got one just today. I just found you and I'm so glad um, there's somebody my, my age that, that can, you know, I, and I get it because really I was telling somebody the other day, I don't know. I don't have any peers in this industry and peers mm-hmm. from an age perspective. Um, I really don't. Um, it's me and all, I call all of you guys, my kids, because <laughs> everyone could be my kid. I mean, uh, it's so in some ways it's a little lonely up here because mm-hmm. there's just no one really active in the industry. There's a lot of forties. There's a, some fifties. I don't know of any in the sixties. I'm sure they're out there. I just don't know them yet. I mean, I, um, I think of like, like, you know, I go to a guy like Louis Simmons has been in the industry forever. You know, he's yeah. like a dinosaur, you know, yeah. that's, that's the other end. There's guys my age and yeah. there's guys like legendary coaches from 40 years ago that are still alive somehow. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but I, I also see you in that regard as, as a pioneer, you know what I mean? As, as I move forward in my career, I'm going to be looking to the example that you set. And saying well, I, you know, there's there's a lot to be done. I appreciate that a lot. Um, I I want to blaze a trail for for people, um, especially from the health and fitness perspective. Just like you know, it is um, it is more than doable, um, but you just have to decide to do it. You know, yeah. and and get the right guidance and and you know because the stuff that we grew up with is the crap that we learned. I mean, our generation learn knew more than my mom and dad's generation and the generation behind me knows a crap ton more than we do. And you know, every younger generation is going to benefit and benefit and benefit. I want to be part of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, this has been great, Susan. I really appreciate you taking the time. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere right now. Um, and it's all Susan Niebergall fitness, N I E B E R G A L L fitness. So I'm active on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm, I've really grown my YouTube channel. I'm doing a lot over on YouTube right now as well. And I've even been messing with TikTok. It's been really kind of weird, but <laughs> not much. <laughs> you, you have like a special dance you do on TikTok? I don't know. You know what? No. I don't key. even That's know. <laughs> how do, how do, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I have just done, like I just did a TikTok a, a few minutes ago where I literally just talk into the thing in segments about six ways to make fat loss easier, you know? And, and I, everyone's putting all this pop music behind there. So I put smooth jazz. I had some people write to me and say, I love the fact that you're putting that kind of music on your TikTok instead of, I've put classical music on a couple of them. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, obviously. With, with I, I don't think a lot of people on TikTok know what they're doing. It's <laughs> kind of what makes it the thing. But I, yeah. I will tell you, I mean, as, as trends go, I mean, let's say Instagram dries up. Let's say people just, you know, they got bored with Facebook. Yeah. And afford, like, where are they going to go? And you've already got a presence there and you've already got a voice. And when somebody finds your feed and they're like, wow, there's a ton of content here. 
there's a reason to follow you. And that, and that I would say is, is also something that you bring to social media. There's a reason to follow you. I think the information you're giving is good. And I mean, honestly, and I'll tell anybody who's listening, if they reach out to you, you'll answer. I oh, know yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that. Yeah, for sure. I, for sure I will. Someone yeah. had said that the other day. I, I try to get back to everybody. All right. Well, I don't know. Uh, Bobby, do you have any other questions for Susan? I just, I just, Susan, I, I think what you need to do is you need to listen to some Drake. There's a song called the Toosie Slide. And I want to see <laughs> you, I want to see you do the Toosie Slide on your TikTok. Please don't hold your breath. <laughs> Please don't. Hold. I wouldn't want to casually. All right. Listen, it was, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. I learned a lot. It was, it was really great. Thanks to both of you guys to have having me on here. It was great talking to you. I loved it.